Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up? It's your boy JP in the podcast studio with two of my faves. It is one of them is David Marvelous Marvin. Hello. And the other is Elena Haas. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How are we doing? We're doing well. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about maybe the most practical conversation we've ever had on air, which is how, how to change a light bulb. To change a light bulb. And, uh, and so there's going to be a video. That's not all we're talking about. <laughs> um, hey, we're talking about how to not be a stereotypical millennial. We may change the title of this, but we live in a generation that... Um, Maybe because just the presence of family or dad in the home, there's just a lot of things it seems like are not being taught to young people. So um, before you turn this off or think that maybe you know all the things that have been taught to you, listen in because I think if you listen in the next you know, 15, 20 minutes, you are going to stand out at work. You're going to stand out as a friend and overall probably more accurately reflect Christ and the faith that we need to have as it relates to interacting with people. Social etiquette. You said you because of a dad in the home? like. They might not know this because they had a dad in their home. Yeah, stuff that your dad should have told you, if you will. And so some of that will make sense here in a second. But I, I just want to talk through um, everything from interviewing to when you meet someone to chivalry to just kind of general etiquette and how to set an example in uh, society and some of that stuff. So, Hey, can I tell you, let me, let me start with one. Yeah. Uh, this is just on the top of my head. It happens all the time. So people will reach out. And, uh, and they will say, and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant. And so feel free to commentate on this too. Like if you have an opinion, but they'll be like, Hey, I just want to, I just want to meet, I just want to get to know you. Can we meet up? Can we grab lunch? Cause I just want to get to know you. And, um, that's a challenge because, you know, I think in, in sharing at the porch and there's, there's so many folks there. It's like, uh, it's like you, you get to know me. What I think people really mean by that is, Hey, I want to grab lunch because I just want you to get to know me. Yes. Do, do you know what I mean by totally. that? Totally. Oh, dude. I mean, it, it feels weird saying that, but, but especially, you know, I know JP, your schedule and calendar and email inbox well. And, um, and that's just hard because it feels, feels you want to get to know everybody, but you can't always. And so you got to be a good steward of that. And a lot of times that's not considerate of your time because yeah. it's just, you show up and it makes for an awkward lunch. Well, and I don't think it's unique to me. I would just say like, I'm, this isn't me trying to be, uh, elitist in any way. I love people. My favorite meetings are just sitting with someone and getting to know them. And, and it can be irresponsible. Uh, I think sometimes that people's view of a pastor or someone in ministry is like, oh, well, that's all you do, right? You just sit around and you get to know each other. Like, no, you manage a staff of 250 and uh, you write sermons and you respond to, you know, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, you, you, your days are filled with meetings. And so um, that's that's one where I would I would think through is hey be intentional with meetings and something else with that is uh, something someone taught me that I think has served me really well as I've met with other pastors I took time and I met with senior pastors around DFW and just always show up with questions and have a pen and and paper I mean that one move I think communicates that you value someone's time hey I thought through questions that I'm going to ask you so hey I brought four or five to ten questions and I brought a, a pen and paper because I've, I value your feedback I, th- I think you have some sort of wisdom to share with me one time I, I'm reminded of a meeting uh, Scott could 
another pastor on staff and I went to, and the guy called, a guy called a meeting. He asked that we both be there. He talked the entire time about himself. And then he ended the meeting. We, we joke about it in a way that uh, may be wrong and we may need to repent from, but he said, um, I just want to thank you both for the value or for the wisdom that you, uh, Oh, what did he say? For the wisdom that you bestowed <laughs> upon me. He said, I just want to thank you both for the wisdom that you bestowed upon me. And we both laughed because we didn't get two words. Oh in, my you know. gosh, which is all too common. So here's what I, I heard you say, and, and we'll go into more specifics and general categories, but because I think that one's important too, and it happens a lot. If you're going to meet with somebody, reach out and, and uh, ask for X amount of time, be sensitive to their time, especially if you're asking someone in a mentor type relationship or that you want to learn from. At, tell them you want to ask them a certain amount of questions, maybe include the questions or at least include, here's what I would love to ask for your thoughts on so that they know that this isn't just some general meeting. Hey, I'd love to get lunch sometime or I'd love to, to talk. Right. And yeah. You add and, there? And, and just be intentional. And what's humbling to me is guys that I look up to, I feel like they do this in because they believe they can learn from anyone. And so a, a particular gentleman comes to mind is the wisest man that I've ever met. And when he meets with anybody, myself included, which is really humbling, he, you know, he assumes there's something that he can learn when really, I mean, he's, a hundred times wiser than I'll ever be and, and smarter than me and knows more Bible than me. And yet when he meets with anyone, he's there with a pen and, and a notebook and he's asking questions and he's intentional. And so I, I, we, we should certainly do that for, for others that we look up to. It's a great, so not just meetings, but even that I think is helpful of in every scenario, assume you can learn something from everyone, Yeah, their story, their past, their experience, their life, just have a humble posture about you which really is a lot. I mean, if you just practice deep humility, I think most of what we're going to talk about today, you're going to knock out of the park. So uh, one of the things for young people is they're going through a a stage in life where they're interviewing, figuring out their career. They're um, early in their career. So they're the new guy. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, they're not running their own company. Some may be, but, but by and large, they are the person who, who is still earning uh, who's um, proven themselves for lack of a better way of saying Mm -hmm. it works. So let's start at the interview. What are some things that you would say, I'm interviewing for a job, uh, high level tips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know, First Timothy four twelve says, "Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for others in the way that you talk, your speech, your conduct, the way that you act, the what you love, your your discipline, your purity." And so that list right there, I think, is is something to consider as you move into an interview. There's something about just professionalism in general, and so you want to, uh, you know appears though that you put some thought and time into and care about you know the way that you look and present yourself confidence communicates a lot to potential employers so you're looking in their eyes a firm handshake i mean these are basics talk about things your dad should have taught you uh i think those are some of them and i realize you know some people didn't grow up with a dad in the home and so um just just to think about this, I, our heart is not to talk down to anybody. It's it's to be helpful, uh, to have a resume that's well put together without any typos that you had some others proofread for you that clearly communicates your skills and capabilities uh, along with your your work history. Um, that, that, you know, a resource to leave behind, uh, to be prepared to clearly communicate your skills and capabilities and your work history and, and what you think you're going to bring to that, uh, to that company. And so those are a few things that I think you could think about. Did you mention dress? Yeah, absolutely. Like airing on the side of overdressing. Yeah, and they're just, just, prof- yes, dr- professionalism. Uh, I, the way I said it is, uh, 
appearing as though you were thoughtful in, in what you put on that day and, uh, and that you, that you respect the opportunity at hand. And so you want to address that, that part, not necessarily even for the job, but for the interview, which is typically nicer than what the job requires. Another one is the follow-up email. So after you go to the interview, following up and saying, Hey, thank you so much for your time, whatever else you want to say in the email. And then sending that to to make sure they know so that, that you appreciated it. Looking for a job is a lot of work. And I think yeah. people yeah. underestimate that. And so if you're job hunting, it is a full-time job. And you want you want to do that with excellence. And following up, not just immediately after through an email, but I think following up a week later, five days later, when I leave an interview, I can almost assume that, hey, they're thinking about me, the people that I just interviewed with. Yeah. And a week goes by and I'm like, they're, they're thinking about me constantly because I'm thinking about whether or not I got hired. And they just went back to doing all the different business decisions they have. They haven't thought they're they're running a million miles an hour. So then I send a follow up. They interviewed sixteen other people, you yes. know, or, or sixty other people. So they're not thinking about you because they're not thinking about any of those sixty people. And the reality of it is, you're trying to stand out and stand apart from the sixty we read today in Philippians two. That uh, you know, as believers, we we stand in contrast, like like stars in contrast to a dark night. And I think that's true. Uh, just in life that we're trying to stand apart from the rest uh, to the, from the, from the others in the world, if you will. Yeah. Also the handwritten thank you note that goes a long way, not just for an interview, but for anything. If someone has you over for dinner, sending them a handwritten thank you or anything really anytime you meet with someone or. Yeah, this is good, Elena. The scripture has so much to say about gratitude and thankfulness, having a heart of thankfulness, and even even in the way that we pray with with uh, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Um, and so, you know, thank you cards, handwritten notes. Uh, I, I do. I think that is a great opportunity just to to show that that's a lost art amongst millennials. I'll be honest. I'm not very good at it. I do it out of a complete and total discipline. Like it does not, Mm -hmm. it does not come natural. I think of my friend, Laura, she is amazing. She writes these page long thank you notes. If if for anything that happens, if we bring over cookies at community group, you know, you get a thank you card for me. It is a pure discipline to think through in the week. Hey, who can I write a thank you card to and to create time and space to prioritize that. And I would not let that become a lost art. If you want to stand in contrast in a, a, like stars in a dark world, uh, you know, be intentional with your thank yous and the gratitude that you express. That's good. Okay. So let's say we got the job and um, what are some things that uh, in order to stand out, to not be the stereotypical millennial that you want to do? Yeah. I think, you know, I read a meme the other day of just about like, Hey, I'm trying to look busy at work uh, without doing anything. <laughs> and I mean, I just, I think we forget what a job is that they're paying you to be there and that you, you really need to earn your keep. And what that means is, let's just say your salary is $30,000. For them to pay you $30,000, then you you need to profit the company more than $30,000. In whatever you're doing, if you're an administrative assistant, if you're a salesperson, uh, otherwise, you're, you're, really, you're a really bad employee, right? If you're not earning the money that they're spending on you, then, then, then you were a bad hire. And so think about that in your, in the way that you're productive and, uh, in the way that you're out, you're using your time and in the conversations that you're having, if you're on social media, like, let's be honest, when you're on Facebook between the hours of eight and five or, or while you're at your company, you're stealing. And so when the scripture talks about not stealing, you're like, Oh, I, I don't steal. You are stealing. That's what you're doing. You're, you're robbing from the company. And so to be intentional with your time, to be a good employee, to be productive, to be efficient and effective at what you do, but also just to be on time. I mean, that's, that blows my mind how 
sometimes people are late consistently and that that marks them and they represent Jesus. There's all of these scriptures, Colossians 3.24, Titus 2.10, that just talk about being excellent in the workplace so that you make the teachings of Christ our Savior attractive. And in reality, so many Christians are are you know they're unproductive, they're they're late. Uh, they punctuality doesn't mark them, and that means that's to say, excellent doesn't excellence doesn't mark them. So somebody's listening right now, and you know if you're the person that's consistently late, I, I would say, man, would you please. Um, pray a ton about that. Ask others to pray for you so that you can be healed of your tardiness. Uh, try to change some things in your life so that what marks you is that you're the first person there and the last one to leave, that excellence would mark you. I told a story today. I actually met with a company today. Um, it came in and just got to share with their staff, which is which is a really fun opportunity. But I just talked about a guy who I know, uh, or a story I know of a guy who they he was threatened to be fired every single year because of how overtly he shared the gospel. So he would share the gospel so um, clearly and was so intentional that the company threatened to fire him every year, which is, which that's a common story. Usually it's the laziest person. You know, they're not doing anything at work because they're sharing the gospel. But what I love about this story is this guy was double promoted every year. So every year they get, he got two promotions because it was so excellent. Meanwhile, the company's threatening him to let him go because he's so overt with his faith. And I'm like, that's how it should be that you should be so excellent in what you do that the company can't afford to lose you and yet they want to because you're you're so clear and obviously a Jesus follower that everyone knows and i'm like that's that's the right, that's what it looks like to stand out so another thing we talk about often is um something we would say don't surprise me so as it relates to people and the people that they report to or anyone listening they have they have men and women they report to in their job their business their company, their school, whatever job that they do. And so what do you do? What would you tell them? Hey, if you make a mistake, everyone's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? Just yeah. put it under the rug. Don't well, you said two, thing, down. two things I think there. One, one you are amazing at. And so I just would, would brag on you for a minute. And that's just like, don't surprise your boss. And, and the way that I see you do that well, David, is just through telegraphing, um, you know, communicating, Hey, this is what's coming down. Hey, we're spending money on this. Hey, this is what we're working on. Hey, we're going to, we're getting in a room. These are the decisions we're making. And you're not asking for permission. You're just letting me know, Hey, this is where we're steering. This is where we're moving. This is where we're going, which, which creates a lot of peace for me because I, I know that it's being handled and I'm not wondering as, uh, it, you know, for whoever's listening, your supervisor's not wondering what you're doing, wondering what you're working on, wondering what decisions are being made. They're not surprised to use the term you, you said, don't surprise me. Another one is, um, oh, you asked, what did you ask the second guy? I lost Whenever it. you drop a ball, which is oh, yeah. plenty of times. That, that's right. Uh, you know, the, when you mess up, that's some of your greatest education opportunity. And so I can't stand, like I, I, I really dislike if someone tries to hide something from me to cover up their own mistake. Uh, what I like, what, what I prefer is, is cause everybody's going to make mistakes. I certainly make tons of them. Uh, is when they come and they put a bright spotlight on it and they say, they raise their hand and say, Hey, whoa, whoa, everybody stop. Everybody look at what I just did. I just messed up. I'm so sorry. This is what I did. And they bring it to me and they say, Hey, look, do you see this? I messed up. You know, Lena, you're good at this. I'll celebrate you. He's like, you know, Hey, I, I you walk in the office. Hey, I, I think I just messed up. And that's great. And we can look at it and then we can learn everything we can from that mistake. And it, it becomes education. There's a story about a guy who was a, um, he worked for a pool service. 
and he a commercial pool service. And so he left the water on at a pool at a hotel and it flooded the downstairs bar and restaurant in the hotel and it, and it caused a hundred thousand dollars in damage. And, uh, and because he left it's the water, on, yeah, it's a bad day. I mean, he's just, he, you know, he's, he's a, you know, probably making minimum wage mm-hmm. as this, this pool guy. And he just call it, created a hundred thousand dollars of damage. So he walks into the, the owner's office and he turns in his resignation. He's like, I'm so sorry I did this. You know, I assume I'm, I'm fired because, you know, of the mistake I made. And the owner just said, what are you talking about? You're not going anywhere. I just spent a hundred thousand dollars training you. You know, that's a mistake you're never going to make again. So I don't want to waste it. You need to stay here. And that's the way I think about it. We're all going to make mistakes. So don't try to cover them up and save face. Go admit them, shine a spotlight on them and say, hey, let's learn everything that we can uh, from that mistake. That's good. Okay, let's talk general manners. Um, And so I I may run through some of these that I've I've heard you say. I've seen them. I hopefully lived them. But... um, Whenever you're meeting someone uh, for the first time, or maybe when you're meeting someone again for the second time, you've met them before, but you're seeing them again, and um, and you don't know whether or not they know your name, how would you handle that situation? Well, don't say, do you remember my name? You know, <laughs> my you, least favorite thing in the world. A lot of people do that. Do you remember my name? Like, it's a quiz. Do you remember my name? Now, I would just say, whenever you whenever you meet someone again, uh, introduce yourself and, and say, hey, and just, you know, extend grace, continue to say, hey, my name is David Marvin. Hey, great to meet you, David Marvin. Hey, you may not remember me. Assume that. I mean, be humble, right? Not, oh, you know, we met you know, people. We met before. And it just kind of feels like they're rubbing your nose in it. We met before. I've met you before. Man, I'm so sorry. Um, just when you introduce somebody, when you when you meet somebody again, if they're not in your life, if y'all aren't regularly having conversation, you know, again, reintroduce yourself, say your name, look them in the eyes, show respect. Uh, I think, generally speaking, you know, back to the work thing is is um, you know the the way you dress, or, you know, as as a grown up, you know, uh, like a real adult. I think it matters. And so, you know, it's fine if you're coming from the gym that you look like you're coming from the gym. But if you always look like you're coming from the gym, if you always look like you just played a, a pickup game of basketball, I might retire the Adidas shorts or the yoga pants and and uh, and and get dressed, you know, totally. uh, on occasion. There's there's one more thing to the name just to go back. And I think this matters not because of, of even some preference that we have interacting in ministry where you meet a lot of people. But if you are the person who, whenever I'm seeing you again for the first time, or whenever I'm meeting somebody for the second time, I see him again, and I say, hey, John, good to see you, David, how are you? And I just, I volunteer my name to them. That creates, uh, the person that I'm talking to is like, man, I really appreciate that. Whether or not I remembered his name, like I'm, I really appreciate the humility that is there. And so you're going to stand out. This is for your benefit in case you're like, oh, well, he's telling me, he just is saying that because he doesn't remember names. No, we're saying that because it's for your good. You will win favor with the people you interact with if you are just someone who humbly volunteers your name. Volunteer the name of others. If uh, I'm around in a circle and JP's coming up and I'm standing there with a friend that I've been talking with, I'll volunteer his name. Hey, JP, Kyle, Kyle, JP, you guys remember each other. There you go. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I want to make sure that I at least volunteer those to help other people uh, for the sake of just not having that moment where it's like, oh, yeah, we did. 
I think, I think insecurities break relationship and, um, and that's, that's what, you know, when you don't know somebody's name, uh, that can make you feel kind of put you on edge, make you feel insecure. And so if you're the person that in relationships, you're constantly removing insecurities, uh, that, that, that does earn favor and it makes people want you to be there. We, we talk about like, that's the oil in relationships, if you will, is humility. Philippians two says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, value others above yourselves. And so that's what we're talking about is, Hey, how can we value others above ourselves? How can we treat others in the same way that um, we want to be treated? So I'll give you a couple more before we wrap up. Is one I was just I would be really cognizant of what you're putting out on social media, is because you represent Jesus, you represent a company, you represent organizations that you're a part of, and so if you're constantly showing that you're you know you're just the party girl or you're just the party guy, um, you're you're always doing the next crazy thing. You know you're you're giving somebody the bird. I mean, one you're not representing Jesus very well, and so. You know, at some point we do have to grow up, and and it says, First um, uh, Corinthians thirteen, uh, put childish ways behind us, and uh, and and so you know, consider that in the way that you interact on social media. If you're always double fisting, you got a mixed drink in both hand. I mean, just just be wise in the way that you're representing uh, yourself. Uh, be a great host to others. Hospitality is a biblical gift, a spiritual gift. And so think about the way that you're treating others and, and representing Jesus. And then to the guys, I would just say, Hey, chivalry is not dead. Uh, treat ladies with respect, open the door for them, you know, be patient, uh, with them, uh, be honorable in the way that you talk to one another. Ephesians four twenty nine says, um, uh, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up so that it may benefit those who listen. And so in your words, use your words to build others up. Yeah. And if you see to your point about chivalry, I mean, these are such little things. So many of you guys do these. So many maybe uh, of the girls do some of the other things we said. But if someone's a lady around you carrying a heavy box, help her carry the heavy box. Help her put stuff in the car. If you see a stranger that is trying to put something heavy in her car, hey, ma'am, can I help you? Uh, be appropriate. The other thing that I think you do really well, JP, and I've seen this specific times come to mind where um, I've just been around you and out of an overflow of humility, you're constantly asking people questions. Mm -hmm. You care enough to just say, hey, tell me about you. And you, uh, and I would say this to everyone listening, just see yourself as the host. I'm going to ask questions. I can learn from this person. And I also want to um, be conscientious of them, ask questions and initiate with them. And so uh, to all those listening, be someone who's thoughtful, who asks questions of the people around you, who takes interest in people and cares about them through that. Yeah, take an interest in people. That's a good word. And so, I, go ahead. Oh, sorry. The way I see you guys do that really well is whenever we've gone out to eat, you guys just engage whoever our waitresses or whoever's serving us and you say, hey, what's your name? And ask them questions, ask them questions about their life, not just about the menu. And y'all, like, you just do that so well. I've seen both of you guys do that. I feel like I've learned most of that from him, but but oh, I... Guys, all shucks, man. All right, I'll take credit <laughs> hey, for that. Lo- love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Christ said. And so just, it's about loving people and caring well for people. So hopefully that's helpful. It's a, just kind of, it's a montage of lists. Uh, of random things, but, but hopefully some of that's helpful and we can, we can add to that more in, in, uh, episodes ahead, but, uh, man, we're, we're glad you guys jumped in with us. Uh, this is views from the porch and we'll see you next week. We want to thank you for listening to views from the porch. For more information about the porch ministry, visit us at the porch.live or follow us on social media at the porch.